welcome to this week's podcast, Life with Jen. And as you can see, I've got an in-person guest with me this week. This is Tracy, and Tracy is a business owner out in Illinois. And so I'm bringing her on the podcast because I want to expose all of us and all of us listeners to different business owners, different people in the world who are doing great things in the community. And I think that Tracy is one of those people, and I think she's got something to teach us about being a competitor. So that question will come soon. So Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jen. (laughs) You're welcome. So if you could go ahead and tell the listeners just a little bit about you and what you do for a living. Okay. Well, I own a business called Adcom Group, Mm -hmm. and essentially what we do is business-to-business marketing. Okay. And we specialize in CPG at retail. So what that means is I help customers like Mars Wrigley Mm -hmm. reach their business customers at supermarkets, drugstores, convenience stores. And what Adcom Group, Group does is we help them talk about their new products, their thought leadership, um, Anything that they want to bring to their business customers, we put that in like trade advertising and trade PR. Mm. And that goes into business publications like Supermarket News or Progressive Grocer, Winside Grocery Business. Those are some of the grocery publications. But every single one of these channels, like convenience stores and drug stores, they all have their own business publications as well. And leaders in those industries read those publications, whether they are in print or online with websites or e-newsletters. What we do is we help kind of blanket the marketplace Mm -hmm. with knowledge that a new product is coming out. So if it's a new M&M or a new variety of Snickers. We're all, we're all hands on about that. We're we're, we're basically trying to, yeah, we're trying to, yeah, exactly. Getting moms with two boys right here. Right. So, um, and that's funny because my boys thought I worked at Mars or one of the candy companies because we always had products around so much. The best. But um, what we are trying to do is help um, the buyers and the retailers know that a product is coming out well in advance of the actual distribution. So mm-hmm. this actually impacts things like speed to shelf and how much volume Mars can get. So the more we can um, let the marketplace know about what's coming out, the quicker um, we can impact speed to shelf and their ACV, which is basically their all commodity volume. And that's important when you're launching a new product and you're putting a promotion behind it and advertising behind it. Uh, you want to make dollars. Sure, yeah, you want to make sure that that product is readily accessible for consumers to buy. Mm. So really taking care of that initial launch and helping complement sales efforts by making sure we reach the people that are hard to reach. That's important because a lot of these key decision makers, they're high up on, you know, on the chain and sometimes they're really busy Mm -hmm. and you have a lot of vendors and suppliers trying to meet with them. So even if you do get a meeting with them, those windows of opportunity are relatively small. And sometimes the sales guys don't have enough time to talk about everything. So they use trade advertising and trade PR to kind of um, let everybody know in a way. It's like a precursor to like a book coming out. Yes. And so it's like a pre-sale and also a post-sale. So um, that way, when they go into a buyer meeting, the buyer is like, oh, yes, I saw this. Tell me more about it. Mm. And it helps generate kind of interest. And even if the salesperson doesn't get the meeting, this at least lets the account know that something's coming and then they can order it through their distributor or their Mars representative. So um, 
it really is just complimentary to, you know, all B2B communications. And that's what we do. I feel like, um, you know, for my listeners and even for me, when they're like, it's B2B and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And even when you were explaining it to me long ago, when you kind of let me shadow and learn more about your business, I'm like, I didn't even know like businesses advertise to other businesses, but it's like a whole thing. So if you find the Hershey people who have the Harry Potter Hershey kisses with the Harry Potter on the bottom, you let me know because you need they, some of those. I need some of those and I need <laughs> to send them to Aunt Lisa. So we got to find some. Well, we, we also represent the National Confectioners Association. So we put on the Sweets and Snacks Expo every year. Oh, and that's where you definitely see some of those new and novelty items and mm-hmm. seasonal items I get to see. And I'm exposed to a lot of the new products. But when it comes to candy, there's probably over 3,000 new candy products launched every year. So again, Wild. you can see why it's challenging to get buyer attention for a new product and to really kind of fight for that distribution and that shelf space. Yeah. So sure. that's kind of how we help our CPG clients like Mars Wrigley, but we also work with technology clients. So I started working with um, a company called Citrus Ad that's out of Australia and that started with them a few years ago. And what they do is they provide retail media technology and that retail media technology helps retailers function more like an Amazon. So what this means is that retailers that have websites, you know, to sell you know, groceries and other items, they now can leverage their shopper traffic to um, basically sell ad space. Mm. So, you know, like sponsored products Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. um, Amazon. On Amazon, where where they catch me all the time. Right. Yeah. You might search for something and then they're going to say they they know you better than you might know yourself because they know your shopper history. Correct. They may see the things I viewed and then they're like, put it in your car. I'm like, I can't. I can't put it in my car today. It's very much a suggestive sell and it's based on relevancy. Mm -hmm. So that's that personalized uh, website experience. And that's what Citrus Ad brings to the table. So what this means for retailers is they have a brand new revenue stream that actually makes more margin than some of the products themselves because now they're selling ad space as well. And that ad space can be, you know, in store um, on their website or offsite. And it's basically going to help the CPG manufacturer um, sell more. And it also helps the retailer sell more. So what Citrus Ad does is they have a white label technology platform that plugs into the e-commerce site. And, uh, you know, so this was, is still relatively new. Sounds very new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it got a big bump during COVID. I bet. Um, But it was my job to kind of educate the marketplace. So I'm still learning new things. And, you know, it's nice when you're working with a client um, that's bringing something that's going to help a lot of companies out, then you get very anxious and excited about, you know, telling everybody about the good news. And and the idea starts to run, you know, run wild. And then, and I love, I think I find it fascinating just because I think it definitely is a game changer in retail and it's really exciting to stay ahead of um, what's changing. That's awesome. So listeners, we've gotten this whole recap about B2B business, the new marketing that yes, they're they're coming for us in the grocery stores. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. And sometimes when I go with my list, I have this great intention of getting everything on the list. And then I see something and I'm like, must have it. So you know, with all of this background and knowledge that you have about business, you know, what, what made you go out on your own and, and have your own business as a small, small woman owned business? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that I had a choice. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's how that happens sometimes. Um, I was a 40% owner in a different agency prior to owning Adcom Group. 
And after eight years in business, my partner forced me out of business. Okay. And so you got pushed out and then you were like, now what? Yeah. Cause well, that business also felt like my own baby because I helped name it and create logos and hire every employee, bring in every piece of new business. Um, so that was an exciting time for me. And I love that business mm-hmm. and it's essentially the same thing that I do today, but, um, I earned my shares as I grew the business and got up to the 40% ownership standpoint. And at, like I said, about the eight year mark is when he forced me out of business. And so you went out on your own, not because you wanted to be, because you were like, this is my next choice, I guess. Yes. And I cared a lot about my customers at the time. And when I look back, I think about it and I'm, somewhat shocked and proud of myself that I had a buy-sell agreement in place at the time. I was literally probably only around 35 years old and on the heels of a divorce, raising two kids. And then all of a sudden I found myself in another legal situation where my business partner wanted to force me out. Well, even though I had was smart enough to have the buy-sell agreement in place, I would say I was still really naive. And what did you learn from that experience of like having to go out on your own, not by choice, right? Most people. And I feel like there's so much stuff on social media now about going out on your own and it's so glamorous and you're working from home and you're in your PJs and you're making all these dollars and you sell one course and you've hit it rich. Like, what did you learn from that whole experience? Well, I guess I have to sometimes think of myself in some cases. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I learned. Um, in that instance, when I would say I was naive, I actually proposed an eight-year buyout. And I was doing that because I thought that that was what was right and healthy for the business to keep cash flow in the business for payroll. And I never, never once dawned on me that, you know, allow him who's forcing me out to get a business loan or to dip into a line of credit to buy me out. That didn't even cross my mind. I was really just thinking about, you know, profits that were already in the company and just trying not to take too much out of the company at one time for the health of the company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that kind of bit me in the butt because he went out of business in two years. So I basically only got paid on two years out of an eight year buyout. Yikes. Right. <laughs> so you learned some lessons and I feel like um, as a business owner and even as you go through life, some lessons are best learned the hard way. And mm-hmm. I don't know why we have to learn them the hard way. I do, I do feel like sometimes I wish there was someone who's like, no, 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 try it this way. Um, yeah. And so you learn these lessons the hard way. So how do you think how do you think that affects your your business now? And can you give listeners maybe a couple of tips if they were to go out on their own? What would you what would you say to them as like a brand new business owner, brand new baby? What would you say? Take pride in what you do and realize that your reputation will definitely follow you. Mm. And, you know, so that's important, you know, to be honest, to be accessible. And if you don't have the answer to something, that's okay. But be resourceful enough to find the answer, care enough about your customer and their needs that you're going to find the answer for them. Mm -hmm. And if you can't find it, then find somebody who can. So I think, you know, we all are, you know, good at what we do as individuals, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we need to reach out for help. 
And, um, you know, just with the internet and all the accessible learning that you have today, uh, I believe most of us can learn and educate ourselves on many different subjects. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's about being intrinsically rewarded on learning new things. Yeah. I've, I've learned one lesson in, in owning a business for a little while is that if I don't know the answer, I just say, I don't know the answer and then tell them a deadline of when I'm going to get them an answer. And then if I have to bring in people, I'm like, Hey, I think that I've got this HR person that can kind of walk through this situation or walk through this, you know, potential thing. What do you think? And they're like, yeah. And I've found that they find more value in that when I say I don't have the answer, but I I've learned that people are afraid to say they don't have the answer. And so then sometimes they'll make something up. So for all of our listeners, if you are out on your own, it's okay to not have the answer. It's okay to not know what's happening because I feel like, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to know until you learn. And I I see this now, um, listeners, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that I've perfectly positioned the screen. Evan, sorry, we're gonna have to fix this. Um, So kind of walking back into, you know, the tips that you've given business owners. So be resourceful. And if you don't know the answer, find the answer. What was the other one that you said at the beginning? Be accessible accessible. and and honest. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, all of that is part of the transparency that you're talking about Yeah, and people respect that. And I think if you are, you know, committed and driven and you care about your customer, you're going to ultimately care about whatever product or service you're providing. Yeah. And um, if you know that your reputation is attached to it, you're going to do the best to make sure that what you're delivering is of huge value to your customer. For sure. For sure. So I want to touch on this topic about being a competitor. And so when I think about this word competitor, I've heard, you know, with women, small business owners, like they kind of say, like, I'm a, I'm a small woman owned business. And I've heard some people say like, no, I don't want to be known as a woman owned business. What I want to be known as is just a competitor. And so I want to be a competitor in business and I want to be a competitor in my own life. And so when I think of competitor, I think of you. And so how are you competitive in, in, and how are you act as a competitor in your business life and your work life, or maybe just the business and the work? That's interesting. Cause I don't even think of myself as a competitor, mm. but you're just a straight winner. <laughs> no, I, that would sound pretty egotistical, <laughs> but, um, I would say if I'm in competition with anyone. I think I'm in competition with myself Mm. more for improvement um, year over year Mm. and providing, um, you know, the the best that I can and learning the most that I can and staying on top of, you know, what's new in retail and technology. So I think I'm in competition with myself Mm. and just with the clock in terms of staying on top of everything that's coming out there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my customers look to me for consultative advice and for me to give that and for me to speak intelligently about their businesses, I I need to know it as well as they do, if not better. Yeah. Mm, That's good. So um, I think this is a lesson for all of us, even if you're not, you know, owning your own business, it's staying in your lane and competing with yourself. Because if you're so focused on competing with yourself and providing the best value in your business and your work, it's going to show and you're going to reap those rewards eventually. 100%. I don't pay attention to other agencies. I just focus on what I do and making sure that what I'm delivering is great. Dang. 
That's it. All right. So um, we've kind of walked through this competitor and you compete with yourself. So I love that for you. And you we're going to we're going to take a quick pivot to what, you know, your business looks like and how you function online. So we're in this whole world of being in remote work and, you know, what that looks like for everyone. It looks different. Right. Some people have their own desk set up. Some people are set up here. You were working remote before like COVID, before it was even a thing. So like how do you set up your day? How do you set up your week, your month? Like, what does that look like for you when you're working remote and you are only motivating yourself to you know, show up? Well, it's what pays the bills. Oh. Right? So, yes. Okay. Yes. 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 So, <laughs> um, but I, I start, I, I rely on Google calendars a lot. Mm. And I would say I start my day really the night before just looking ahead on what my day is going to look like so that I'm prepared for any of my calls and my meetings, um, go to bed, wake up. And I check my email right away, just in case anything came in overnight or anything changed on my day. Yeah. Because with having some international clients, a lot of times they're working while we're sleeping. So I can get a request in the middle of the night that I might need to address sometime in the morning. So if all things go right and nothing has changed, (laughs) then I go for, I first go for a walk. Okay, I like going for a walk in the morning, get some fresh air and uh, start with a clear head. And then when I get back to my desk um, and I say a desk, but I really consider my laptop, my desk, that could mean it's right here in my kitchen Mm -hmm. or it's in the family room. But when I'm at my desk, which is just me with my laptop, I am so immersed in it that a lot of times I'm not aware of anything that's going around. My husband has brought in flowers, you know, at the end of the day, and I don't even notice it because Mm -hmm. my head is so focused in what I'm reading and what I'm absorbed in. So um, I really just, you know, am able to stay focused and sometimes it's, it's almost to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's hard to separate those boundaries. I think I've noticed too, like I've had to have sometimes like a hard end time, like, okay, if I'm going to end at this time, but then I need to check it before I go to bed because I just can't, I can't help myself. I want to know like what's going on or if a you know customer needs me. Absolutely. And so I feel like maybe setting those boundaries. And it's funny that you say like starting with a walk for the day. Um, I feel like we get so used to being inside and working inside that mm-hmm. we don't take time to to go outside and take a walk. And I found that I get a lot of benefits and a lot of ideas just from walking. Like I will walk without music on and it feels so weird at first, but then I'm like, oh, here's an idea. Here's an idea. So do you feel like that affects your business in a positive way, taking some time to like clear your head and get some fresh air? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge for health benefits, mental benefits, mm-hmm. um, When even when I go to sleep, I sometimes will get a great idea in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my brain telling me, you know what, you needed to relax. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so that you could let this idea come. So that that idea could come to me. Uh And I've learned to write that down in the middle of the night. Whenever whenever it comes to me, I've Mm -hmm. learned to write it down so I don't forget it later. Mm. But um in some ways, maybe that means my brain isn't relaxing at night because I'm still thinking (laughs) about work. But um yeah, I do think the walks and fresh air are really important. And I think it's important for you to schedule time. It, you know, I, like I said, I rely a lot on my Google calendar and just as it's important for me to schedule time with my clients, 
it's also important for me to schedule my own personal time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not afraid to put that personal time on the calendar just to block my time out and schedule meetings around it. And I think that that's really important. That's awesome. All right. Well, listeners, you've heard it here first um, with this fancy um, light in the background. So we've talked to a business owner today about what it means to be a B2B advertising owner and run a woman-owned business and be your own competitor. And, um, you know, I think some takeaways here talk about, you know, setting up your day, relying on some sort of calendar, and then like kind of piecing out that information to take time away for yourself. So you can walk, you can get those ideas, because I think there's a lot to be said about about sometimes stepping away from the computer. So I just want to let you know that life is better with you in it and you make the world a better place. So we need you here in this world. And I want to expose you to tons of different people in the world doing really, really awesome things um, with their lives and being a competitor out there in the universe. So um, life is better with you in it, Tracy. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I say the same about you, Jen. I love your positive outlook and thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, listeners, have a good one. It's been real. 